And a good Saturday morning to you. Andy is taking the day off today in his place is our friend Luke Panic, who happens to be, among other things, the deck and port specialist at Linda's Construction. Good morning, Luke. Nice to have you back on again. Thanks for having me, Dennis. It's good to hear your voice. All right, uh, and we are all set to answer any kind of a, a, a any kind of a home improvement question. Does not have to be about decks because we've mentioned in the past. Luke has uh, been uh, since he was a kid has been in the construction business, built his own home and all of that stuff, and and again uh, specializes among other things in these decks and porches. But uh, specifically, if you have any kind of a deck or decking type of question. Uh, today would be a great day to call in or text in. Just one number to, to either call your question in or send the text, which some folks are already doing, and that number is 651-461-9226. As I said, we're already getting some uh, text messages about uh, about decks, uh, and I would imagine, uh, how is the business uh, decking business with Lindis now? Are you outside of a rainy day today, which we desperately need? Uh, I would imagine uh, you and the crews at Lindis have been getting a lot of work done. Yeah, we have. The weather's been great, um, other than some some hot days. Uh, yeah. we've had uh, we've had really good weather, and and we've been we've been producing a lot of decks. So we're real excited about it. Are you able to uh, accomplish those requests for the rest of the year? Do you think? Yeah, we're still uh, we're still able to do a few more decks this year um, that we've you know beyond what we've got in the books. Um, we've got some capacity still for November and, you know, we, we typically build decks throughout the winter. Um, we don't miss too many days. There's obviously some days that are too cold. Um, and there's some days there's too much snow, but we don't miss too many days throughout the year building decks. So there really isn't too much of a season. Is that because of the newer, and I say newer over the last uh, bunch of uh, bunch of years, because of the footing, uh, the, the different types of footing that you're able to use? Absolutely. We used to be way more limited because of, you know, pouring concrete. You can't do that in, uh, you know, in cold or freezing temperatures um, to some extent. Uh, and, you know, to excavate out the ground is a big, a much more of a challenge. So, with our helical footings, um, we have a lot more range uh, of temperatures to be able to work with those. So, and if we need to file the ground a little bit, we don't have to file it out much. But if we to file the ground a little bit, it's it's not a problem. Um, we have uh, uh, heat blankets that'll warm the ground overnight and file the ground. So, we're, the limitations we used to have don't exist anymore. I wanted to ask you, Luke, if you, uh, and I'll, then we'll pick up on some other questions, but as far as decks or decking, and again, you don't have this uh, the show today does not have to be just about decks or decking, any kind of home improvement question as usual. But as far as uh, people uh, doing maintenance or whether even building a deck, if people do it on their own, uh, what, what do you see as, as or think are, are some of the bigger mistakes, whether it be maintaining a deck, uh, staining a deck, cleaning it out. What, what kind of typical mistakes do people make uh, when uh, building or maintaining a deck? Have you seen? I think the two most common that's a good question. Uh, the two most common mistakes I see over and over again is that people are all too often tempted to just, um, number one, use the wrong process to refinish their existing deck if they want if everything seems good and the, and the wood seems hardy it, it's not rotted at the ends 
they want to just uh, they put on a quick and easy coat of something that only lasts for six months. You know, it, taking the time to to do the thorough prep, removing all the old stains, and then in putting down getting a bare substrate so that you can really put on a good product that will last is always worth the effort. I would say the second thing is when they when they've decided their deck needs and something needs to be done because usually they they grab onto the railing and oh it's wobbly and, and some of the deck boards are rotten on the ends they they, they well let's replace a couple of boards and, and the deck is typically about 20 years old at that point that's when this usually seems to creep up around there and, and they want to just replace the decking on that old frame and that to me is the biggest mistake the amount of work that it takes to do that and not replace the frame is a big mistake. It's the most common mistake, I would say, because it, the, the, they feel like that structure underneath there is really solid, so they don't want to replace it if it doesn't need to be replaced. But the problem is, is that it's got 20 years of shrinking and expansion and contraction, and when you put brand new decking over that old frame, you're always going to be disappointed. It's going to rock and roll and hump over the old frame. So that, those are the most common things I end up trying to explain to people over and over again, I think. If you're just joining us, Lou Panic from Linda's Construction. We're talking decks, among other things. Uh, how about porches? Are people requesting Linda's uh, build uh, some porches, uh, you know, adding adding on more space to their homes? Yeah, it's probably more common than ever. Certainly during the pandemic, I did a lot of those where people were working from home and they were, they were crammed into a bedroom, you know, with a desk in the corner. We're seeing a lot of people, of course, more than ever working from home. And, and so they've got potentially they have a deck and they're thinking, well, we don't use that deck much. Wouldn't it be nice if that was a porch? So we convert it into a porch or we add on a porch or we take a three season. Well, we don't use that deck much. Wouldn't it be nice if that was a porch? So we convert it into a porch or we add on a porch or we take a three season porch and turn it into a four season porch because they want a dedicated space to work from that isn't in the basement corner. So that's, it's, uh, I would say more common than ever. And do you kind of head things that you and I have talked about this in the past, uh, like you just said, somebody wants a three-season porch, then they live in it for a year or two or more, and they go, gee, we, we should have made this a four-season porch. I mean, that yes. that's, happens a lot, doesn't it? It does. And, and sometimes we can make use of a lot of the existing structure, and sometimes we can't. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it isn't that big of a job a lot of times if you already have the, the infrastructure there for a three-season to convert it. I speak to my, my own house. My wife um, was a tele, is a telehealth nurse for Gillette Children's Hospital. Through the pandemic, she got they wanted her to work from home. So what used to be our porch uh, is now her office slash porch. So uh, she, she has a much shorter commute to work. She loves that. Well, I can relate to that for sure. Yes, you know that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But don't ask me any medical questions. You know, that's, that's, no, you're not no, going to no, get no, any, no. You're no. not gonna get any help there. All right, I'll tell you what. No. Let's do this. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll open up the lines here for more listeners to call in or text in. we come back, we'll pick up on those. Any kind of a home improvement question, if you have especially a deck and or porch question for Luke Panic, but any home improvement question will do. We'll pick up on it. 651-461-9226. In the meanwhile, in the Twin Cities, we moved to 73 degrees, thunderstorms in the vicinity, rain, fog, mist, 
much needed moisture. And it looks like that's going to happen throughout the day today. High today near 83. We'll have more chances of showers tomorrow here in the Twin Cities with the highs near 76 tomorrow. Again, right now in the Twin Cities, 73 degrees here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. This one is the sixth day of August. We're in the midst of our home improvement show this morning. Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindis. And Luke, if uh, you're unaware, is the, among other things, deck and port specialist at Lindis Construction. So any kind of a home improvement question for Luke would be welcomed, uh, especially if you have a deck type of question. This is your day for that. 651 461 9226. But as we said, any other home improvement question as well. Uh, I tell you what, let's do this. I know we have text messages, Luke, but let's grab a phone call. Kelly calling in from Andover this morning. Kelly, what's your question for Luke? Hi, good morning, Luke. I have a question uh, both for a patio and a deck. I don't know the product that was originally put on it uh, probably six, seven years ago. My parents have not maintained it. Um, got kind of shabby looking. So we had somebody come in and... Um, updated or freshen it up, learned that this, this contractor, um, a small outfit, used a latex-based product. I was hoping and thinking it would have been an oil-based product. Not happy with the outcome. How can we now shift from latex back to oil or to oil-based? I don't know what the original product was on it. How do we shift from latex-based product to an oil-based product, and is that what we want to do? Good question. Yes. Yes, that's a great question, and it, there's not an easy answer. Denny knows what I'm going to say, <laughs> uh, and he's grinding his teeth right now. Uh, yeah. You've got to get all of that product off. It's got to be sanded completely off, and latex paint fails over and over again on wood on a flat surface outside because it ex- it just can't adhere to the wood. It doesn't absorb in the wood. It sits on the surface. And the wood's like a sponge. It, it, with our temperature and humidity changes, it just never works. And often, you know, we'll go back to your first question of the day, what's the most common mistake? That's a big one, too. I see that all the time. People will freshen up a deck right before they sell it. They, put a, they grab a gallon of paint from the basement, and it's a big problem. So the work... Uh, has to be done correctly by prepping it, meaning removing all of it. It has to be sanded off. You can rent. You can do it yourself. You can rent a uh, a floor sander from from any a lot of big stores around. You can also call a hardwood floor company, a sanding uh, company. Uh, I advise that to customers too. The, the people, same people that will go into your house and redo your oak floors or your maple floors in your house, will come out to your deck and they can sand off. The surface of the deck. The biggest challenge, of course, there is if it's if all the decking screwed down. You know, all those screws got to be sunk down, or the or it becomes a sanding problem. So there's some prep, you know, additional prep because of that. But that is the way to do it. Get it fresh, get it clean, all the way back down to bare wood, and then you can put down a good oil-based product, or uh, you know, like many of the products that we've talked about. That is the that- process, Kelly. Sorry, sorry to tell you. Yeah, and it is really, if you want to call it a labor of love, because you, you've got to get all the edges, you know, around 
all the little corners yeah. and uh, all of that. And uh, I think if I had to do it again, which I won't, uh, is to call, you know, I would call, like you suggested, uh, a floor, uh, a com- you know, a refinisher. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got the big drum sanders yeah. through the main area. But then they also have these smaller disc, disc sanders that go up and get real close to posts and railing and, and things like that. Uh, railing is almost impossible to do that too. If there's latex paint on wood railing, uh, don't even try. That no. that is just replace the railing. It'd be far cheaper. Uh, but the the floor is typically salvageable, and and they, with that kind of equipment, you know that sanding equipment, they can make short work of that project. It's 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 not that big a deal, and it can look fantastic again. But then again, if you if uh, I've only used one product as you and I've talked uh, over the years, and that was uh, Penafin. I have not used Sickens, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't assume anything. But is, is, is Sickens also a penetrating oil? Do you know? It is. It doesn't penetrate like like Penafin does. Uh, I like Sickens as a wall, you know, a siding or a log product. It works really well for that. We have that on a family cabin. And it, and, it, and it served us well. But on a floor, it just doesn't, uh, it, it sits too much on the surface, from my opinion. I like the way that, uh, I like the way that penifin penetrates through the, through the wood. So that's another tip for Kelly if they wanted to, do, uh, you know, check out that product. We're not selling it here, but it's, it's, uh, we've used it and, uh, it really is a good product. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see. I'm looking at all these text messages, uh, Luke. Uh, again, it doesn't have to be about decks. You can have any kind of a home improvement question this morning, as usual, here on CCO. 651-461-9226. Good morning. This one says, Luke, they have a uh, five-year-old cedar deck on a lake home. Oh, here's one. Sickens coating on it. The finish is worn out in areas of heavy foot traffic. Should we recoat? Mm-hmm. Or do a stripper or sand finish off the re- and recoat? That comes from Paul in uh, Maple Lake. Same uh, same yeah, stuff, well, right? Yeah, you know, sickens is you know, and it, again, it's showing wear because you're walking on it, and that's typical. Like I have natural wood at my own house, and it, it's a wraparound deck, and where we walk in and out and let our dogs out every day, you can certainly see that patina, that wear in the in the wood. Can you can you treat just that area? and make it look good, probably not patching, trying to patch in stain and get it to feather in nicely on a natural uh, transparent stain is going to be real difficult to do. So if it's time to recoat it, it's probably time to recoat the whole deck. Uh, that would look the best. Uh, it's not to say you can't improve the way it looks by, by just, you know, giving the worn areas uh, a coat. Uh But likely if it's, if it's showing that wear, it, it's probably time to recoat the deck anyway. Texter, when we're talking about uh, porches, three-season porches, how does Lindis insulate a three-season porch to make it a four-season porch is basically their question. That's a great question. Uh, we start with the windows and the doors. So we got to take the uh, the windows from single pane or a screen porch, you know, from screening. It needs to get an insulated window. We need to insulate the walls. Uh, we have access to the wall cavity, so either through the outside via the siding or from the inside, if we're going to put a new uh, interior finish on it, we'll usually use uh, spray foam. The spray foam costs more, but there's not a ton, usually when a porch is full of windows, so there's not a lot of area to insulate, you know, just above the window and below the window and a little bit of between the windows. So uh, we usually use spray foam on the walls 
and the floor, we have to put in uh, insulation as well. You, we can use fiberglass or we can use spray foam. Spray foam is the best. Um, we usually put uh, five, anywhere from five to seven inches of spray foam in the floor, and then we'll do seven inches of spray foam in the attic. Of course, the attic is the major heat loss. Heat wants to rise. Uh, so the most important area to insulate is the attic. So it depends on the accessibility, how we were able to get into that attic, if it's vaulted or if it has a, a flat ceiling. It may have a roof truss. It may be hand-framed. We don't, you know, so every situation can be different. But we, our first option is always to use spray foam because it's the best. And the second option, if it is the capacity in the room to put fiberglass in, we can put fiberglass in as well. So uh, typically with the floor, we want to have at least a, uh, an R25 and the walls, we want to have at least an R, uh, R21. And in the attic, we want to have an R50. So that's the long answer to how to insulate a porch. All right. And uh, at the end of the show, I'm going to give that uh, new uh, phone number for Linda's, too, in case folks want to get in touch with uh, the good folks there. All right. I'm getting a signal here. We need to take a break and have a look at that forecast talking about much needed rain here in our particular area. And we have about another half hour of the show to go. If you have any kind of a question, home improvement type for Luke Panic, especially if it involves decks and porch, doesn't have to, but uh, as long as we have uh, Luke on the horn here today, if you have any kind of a deck question, by all means, 651-461-9226. This is the Home Improvement Show here on News Talk 830 WCC. With the temperature reading 73 with rain, stay with us. Degrees. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show presented every Saturday by our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S. You want to get in touch with them or people like Luke Panic, who's filling in for Andy Lindus today. Uh, the uh, the new, and I promised I was going to get you that new uh, number, 8449-LINDUS, L-I-N-D-U-S, 8449-LINDUS is the uh, new number to remember. Um, let's see. Well, we have a lot of uh, textures as well as phone calls. Uh, Luke, i tell you what. Let's grab a phone call, and then we'll pick up on text messages. Barb is calling in from Lionel Lakes, I think, uh, this morning. Barb, you're on with Luke Panic. What is your question, please? Hi. Um, yeah, we just had some uh, flooring put in our bathroom, and um, the gentleman put the, the grout down, and we've never had any problems before he's and he's never encountered it the grout in just in a few areas keeps breaking off um and he came back out he came originally he did the grout on the 29th of july and now this past monday he came out and redid uh those couple areas that were coming out and now we're still finding flakes of it coming off um, any suggestions? I mean, I thought about calling the grout company to see if, you know, they know what could be the problem or I don't know. <laughs> We're kind of stumped. Yeah, well, th- there could be a number of causes, Barb, uh, to grout coming out. Um, and there's no way for me to know which one is causing yours. But if, if the floor has any flex in it at all, uh, and that would be more of a structural component, meaning the joist system that's underneath there, if the floor is not very rigid and there's any movement or, or flex in the floor, grout can crack quickly and come loose. That's typically what causes that. 
if the grout wasn't mixed correctly, too much water, not enough water, you know, it's kind of like concrete in that it has to be mixed properly to be durable. There's also different qualities of grout. When you go into a store and you look at the grout, you'll see that there's there's bags of grout that cost $25. There's bags of grout that cost $55. And just like with paint or any other materials, there's a reason products cost more. They have better resilience to cracking and, and movement. So all of those things come into play. I can't tell you exactly what's going on there, but those are the road. That's the avenue I would look down is the, is the, is the floor stiff. Is it rigid? The most common floors that have flex in them are floors that are built with floor trusses. Floor trusses that span a long way are designed to have a certain amount of flex to them, and tile floors don't hold up very well on, on floor trusses if there's a lot of bounce to them. Real rigid joisted floors tend to handle the tile floors better. But, uh, again, it has to be looked at, but those are the things that I would know of that would have an impact on grout. All right, if you have, uh, would like to phone in your uh, home improvement question, 651-461-9226, and that same number applies to a text question, in which we have uh, many. Here's one. My daughter, Texter says, has a uh, cement slab off the back of their house. She would like to put a ground-level deck over it. Is there a good system or any recommendations on how to do this? Sure. I get requests for this from time to time. Um and you can certainly build a deck over a floating slab. The important part is that the deck cannot be attached to the house. So you can't anchor it to the house. It has to sit and float on that slab uh, like like carpet. How I would do it, or if I'm going to do it, depends on the height of the deck that I want, uh, meaning the top surface of the deck. I have to think about how much room do I have to step down to it or how, how built up, how high do I want it to be. And basically I'm referring to the thickness of the deck. That would be, I would determine that by how uh, thick of a joist I would use. So it, it, since the joist in this case or the framework that you're going to put the decking on isn't doing anything structural, it's not spanning anything, it's completely setting on top of the slab, you could use two-by-fours. You could lay the two-by-fours flat, treated two-by-fours, mind you. It has to be treated because it's going to wick moisture from that slab. It's going to get wet, so it has to be treated. You could lay those two-by-fours flat, and, you're, and you'd only have an inch-and-a-half thickness of frame, and then your one-inch decking, and you've got a two-and-a-half-inch thick deck. That would be the minimum. Then you can go up from there. You could put that two-by-four on edge. You could use a two-by-six on edge, all the way up to a two-by-twelve on edge, depending on the height of the deck. But all you need to do is frame it up like it's sitting on top of there and put decking on it and you've got yourself a, a floating deck, and there's no, there's no uh, that doesn't need to be inspected. It doesn't require railing. In most cities, it doesn't require a permit because you're not attaching it to the house. So um, that it, it's pretty simple to do. All right, very good. Good explanation. Uh, here's another text. The roofing company I chose, Dexter says, is working with my insurance company. I thought I should get an estimate from them. Is it common for roofing companies to not give an estimate when working with insurance? That is uncommon. Uh, most companies will, for sure, uh, give you an estimate. Uh, th- that is unusual. There, there's there's a bit of a, the, the process that we see typically is that when the adjuster has come out, if the adjuster has been there before the builder, is, the roofer has been there, they'll prepare an estimate based on a system called Xactimate, which is a national estimating program that is has all kinds of variables in it, but 
typically it's geographically uh, priced. Different markets have different prices for things. And they'll come up with a price, just their their guess at what the market rate is for a roof based on the kind of roof that they have, a, a like kind of comparison. And then they'll get that to them typically right away. So when by the time the builder gets there, um, it, it's time for him to do his estimate. And guess what? Sometimes they match up and sometimes they don't. Sometimes there's discrepancies, and, and that's where the that's the responsibility of the adjuster and the roofing company to work things out and get and treat the customer fair to get them the price that, uh, that that's right for the job. Uh, oftentimes, people view it as a time to upgrade their roof. It's a great opportunity to improve the roof and not put back down the. Maybe they have cheap underlayments. Maybe they didn't do the step flashing last time. Maybe it's a great opportunity to improve the roof with a giant coupon from the insurance company. Other people, they don't care. They just want to slap a roof on there and hope it lasts. You know, so everybody's different about it. But the process is always should be the same. It's the adjuster and the roofer kind of working together to figure that out. Okay. Another text says this, Luke, uh, recently had an AZEC deck installed. Uh, they, they only put in one screw in each plank per joist. My wood deck had two screws in each joist. Is this acceptable, do you think? No, not acceptable. There should be two, uh, unless they were using a hidden fastener, okay? If they're using a hidden fastener and it's a clip that clipped into the side of the board, basically you've got a clip holding both sides of the board, that would technically only be one screw. Uh, if they're using top screw attachment, meaning they are putting a hole through the top of the board, you know, into the through the through the board, into the joist, there should be two screws through every deck board. If it's a wider plank, if it's a seven inch wide plank, you can even use three. But even on a, the AZAC comes in six inch, four inch, and seven inch, so you can get it different widths. Even with a four inch plank, I would be putting two screws in that deck board, would be my recommendation. In the past, you've talked about hidden fasteners. Can you explain mm-hmm. that on the radio for us? Well, hidden fasteners can mean a couple of different things, but hidden fasteners means that visually I don't see a screw head through the deck board. And, and that's a benefit, you know, visually it's nice to not see the screw heads, uh, but also uh, it's nice that you don't get, you know, little tree debris and pollen and moisture that collects in that screw head. So uh, hidden fasteners mean basically that visually you can't see them. There's a couple of ways that you can do that. All, all, all decking has, uh, usually deck boards come either grooved I have an option to become groove, so they have a, a clip system where it's a, kind of a tongue and groove system with the clip where they're screwed down, or they use, uh, AZEC has a, a, also a, a system where you, you drill out a core, basically a, a, they, they provide you with a bit that takes out a core about you know, a little bigger than a pencil and drills a pilot hole, and then you put your screw in, and you sink that screw down below the surface, and then you put a, put a cap Back, back that's made out of AZEC that you tap into that hole, a plug, if you will, that covers that screw. That's a very good system. It's, it, at first, when I, when I saw this, I thought, oh, boy, I, I, f- I see a bunch of plugs popping out in the future, but it doesn't. It holds up really well. It blends in very nice, and it really secures the board well. Even with a wood decking, you can use hidden fasteners as well. You can use different types of clips that embed into the edge of the wood and then screw down. So, uh, And then all the way down to the front, I mean, when hidden fastening systems first came out, you could put screw down a track on top of the joist, put your deck boards down, and then screw from the bottom of the deck, which is really time-consuming and not fun to be that guy underneath the deck, especially if it's close to the ground. 
but you can screw the deck boards from the bottom as well. So those are the different methods of uh, hidden fasteners and what that encompasses. All right. Well, here's one for you before we take a quick break. Uh, listener says, our deck is wood and the posts are very solid, but could they put a plastic cover over those? Uh, listener says, our deck is wood and the posts are very solid, but could they put a plastic cover over those posts to change to a plastic railing? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, you can. Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, one of the very first back in the two thousands when I got started in synthetic decks, early two thousand, uh, vinyl railing was one of the only maintenance free options other than you know metal. If you wanted something that looked more mm, traditional, uh, vinyl was a great option because you know you can. We were custom manufacturing it. Um, and you, they also make um, post wraps. So you can buy a four-piece wrap that snaps together and goes around either a 4 by 4 post or a 6 by 6 post. The challenge is if that post has, is warped at all, oftentimes 6 by 6 and 4 by 4 treated posts will, you know, after they've been there a few years, will have an arch to them or a crown to them. It can be a challenge, but they do have a little bit of tolerance. They're they're made a little bit extra big, if you will, so that you can you have tolerance for that and snap it around the post. You can buy them just about anywhere. Any lumber yard you can order in post wrap uh and make posts look uh, more decorative. Oh, how about that? Never knew that. All right. Let's take a quick break. We have more show to come. Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindis today. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We'll grab more text messages. When we return here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. We are around here on CCO every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour. Thanks to our friends at Lindis Construction, uh, 844-9-LINDIS. That is the number for Lindis Construction. If you uh, need some help, 844-9-LINDIS. Lindis. Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindis uh, this morning, answering your home improvement questions. Here's here's one that's kind of related to uh, the earlier part of the show, and of course I know what you're going to say, but let's do this anyway. Uh, our previous homeowner, Texter, says painted the deck. It needs to be repainted. I have scraped and sanded off any loose paint. What is the best latex primer and paint would you recommend? Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm everybody listening knows the answer to that. We've had it so many times. Uh, latex has should be used nowhere near your deck. Not primer, not nothing to do with latex. So we've got to use a linseed oil base or a rosewood oil base product so that it that it holds. And all that latex that's there, not only the loose paint, but all of it needs to come off the deck so you can get a nice finish on that deck. Uh, a lot of work, but a lot of pride when you're done because it'll look great. Absolutely. All right. Good luck with that. Uh, what flooring, this de- uh, texture says, what flooring would you recommend over a three-quarter inch OSB subfloor in an unconditioned attic? Unconditioned yeah. attic. Okay. Flooring. Um, flooring. So, if, well, I guess it depends on what I'm doing in that attic. If it's just being used for storage, which I presume it is, Um. You know, you could really use anything, uh, but the, probably the easiest thing to clean and take care of and install in that type of a space would be a, a vinyl plank uh, that you could just uh, put some glue down and, and lay it down. Uh, I think that would probably be the easiest for sliding boxes around and 
and, and, and cleaning and everything. So vinyl to me is the best for uh, care and maintenance and use and install across the board uh, for spaces that are going to get some wear and tear or or just anything that needs to be cleaned regularly. That's what I would suggest. Okay. Uh, another texture says they want to screen in an existing wraparound porch. Is there a supplier that you know of that sells screen in wider widths? I would like to get it in at least an eight-foot width, preferably in a more durable material like aluminum. Are you aware of mm-hmm. anything that could help that listener? Yes, there are a number of ways to get screen like that. You can get it from. You can order screening systems from your local lumber yard. Um, it, it, again, it comes in different widths, and it is bigger the the screening is they get it in more durable uh heavy duty uh material so of course the more durable and heavy duty it is the less you know transparent it is you know you see it it's more substantial but uh it's available at just about any lumber yard and they'll also offer you a track system that you can install and affix the screens too so Typically, we will, if we're going to screen something in after, we'll, instead of rolling the screen all the way around the room and nailing a bunch of wood over the top of it like trim, we'll try to individually wrap each opening with a, an aluminum channel. I think the one we use is called Easy Screen. Uh, it goes around the edge, and then you roll the screen out, and you tuck the little rubber cord in there, and it's, you know, it's you get good at it, and it's difficult to do your first couple of times to get it nice and tight, but um, that way, the, re- the benefit of that, if you screen each opening, is that when you undoubtedly at some point damage a screen, you just have to do that one screen, that your repair job is limited to that one opening rather than having to redo the whole thing. So that's typically how we do a, a porch if we're going to just screen it in or, or, or rescreen an existing one. Okay. A couple minutes to go, Luke. Uh, is there a way, Texter says, to replace just the glass part of a broken, uh, rather of a window without replacing the whole thing. The seal is broken, and it looks foggy between the panes of glass. Yes, yeah, absolutely you can. Um, almost all windows, that is a possibility. You remove the inside uh, stop. Basically, the sash uh, has a, a, a I'm on, on all windows. they got to get the glass in there somehow. So in order to get it in there, the opening has to be bigger than the glass, and then they got to keep the glass in there, so there's got to be a, a little a, a track that goes around that holds it in around the sash. So that typically can be removed. The thermal pane glass can be taken out. You put a new thermal pane in and put that stop all the way around the sash again. Some windows are easier than others to do that. And depending on the age of the window, specifically vinyl windows, if you try to do that, when you, the br- vinyl over time can get brittle. And so when you try to do that, it can break the vinyl because it's, it's, it's not as flexible as it was originally. So it's not, it, it works better on some windows than others, but uh, the companies that you would call is a glass company. Uh, you know, Indian Head Glass, for example, is a glass company. I think Safe, Safe, any sort of glass company that deals with glass will know if that's something that your window, uh, that will work well or if they would recommend replacing the window. But uh, we as a company, when we come out to a house, we don't replace glass. We would just replace the window. Uh, when glass starts to fail like that, typically it means that the rest, you know, when that one goes, another one's coming soon. Uh, they're starting to fail. The seals have gone bad, and, and, and there's more to come soon. So we typically just replace the window. But you certainly, in a lot of cases, when baseball goes through a window or something like that, you can just replace the glass. 
Okay. Less than two minutes to go, Luke. Is it ever a good idea, listener says, to layer ceramic tile over ceramic tile? Uh, no. No. Bad idea. Yeah. And that's because? Because you couldn't, as, the, as we answered this earlier, the stability of what's underneath there is so important. Uh, the prep, the base that you're setting that in has to be super solid and flat so you don't have, you know, tiles cracking loose and, and uh, grout con- cracking. I mean, there's just no way that that's a, a good example. And if folks uh, want to get a new deck, a deck built or maybe a porch, possibly, uh, and as far as decks goes, uh, what do they do? Just call Lindis and see uh, see if you can get on the schedule, right? That's right. We've got a team of uh four of us that will come out now and give you advice on a deck, design it, take a look at what you have, give you design ideas, sometimes just replicate what you've got if you'd like. Um, but typically in, in a two-hour to a three-hour visit, we will come out to your house, design the deck, uh, price it up, go over all the materials, show you everything. Uh, we're very efficient, and we can help you out quickly. Absolutely. 8449 Lindis is the new number to remember. Luke, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to help us out today. Oh, you're very welcome. It's good to talk to you. Luke Panic, the deck and port specialist with Lindis Construction. Denny Long thanking you for listening. Enjoy the rain, and I really mean that because I know I will, and so will our lawns. 73 degrees now with a thunderstorm in progress in some parts of the Twin Cities. Uh, more rain tonight and maybe tomorrow. Thanks for listening.